Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. <laughs> Hello all of you beautiful people, Jules here for WhatCulture.com, and you know what, we all love a good villain, whether it's in movies, on TV, in books, or indeed in video games. It's slightly different in gaming, however, because it always feels a little more personal, because the villains are trying to get you in a pretty direct sense. And therefore, it's always that much more rewarding when you finally layeth the smackdown all over their candy asses. That being said, some gaming bosses never seem to actually pose that much of a threat, and beating them can sometimes start to feel more like you're the schoolyard bully picking on the chess club kid. We've all been there, right? And if you take a step back, you look at all of these evil geniuses and just realize, damn, you're kind of pathetic. You can't do anything right. Come on, dude. Whether it's failing to execute ridiculously elaborate plans for world domination, leaving obvious weak spots on their death machines, or that age-old adage about creating their own worst enemies, some video game villains sure do have it tough. So with this in mind, I'm Jules, this is WhatCulture.com, and these are 10 video game bosses who can't do anything right. Number 10. Ripto, Spyro the Dragon series. Arguably the arch-nemesis of Spyro, Ripto is a tiny orange wizard with reptilian features and a single horn protruding from his forehead. He's a despot, tyrant, and a thief, and even worse, Ripto is a full-on racist. Upon his introduction to the series, he promptly proclaims that he hates dragons and he wants every single last one of them crushed. And But there is a single flaw in his plan, and it's quite a big one, and that is, well, he outright sucks at doing the job. Throughout Spyro 2, we see Ripto injured by his own minions, fail at killing simple sheep, and getting attacked by fairies. Not to mention, of course, the numerous defeats and setbacks that he gets from the purple dragon himself. His return in Spyro Enter the Dragonfly doesn't go much better either. At the very opening of the game, Ripto attempts to kidnap all of the dragonflies, but instead scatters them all throughout the land. Ah, that, that, that wasn't meant to happen, he hisses. That's pretty safe to say that if you are an evil genius, you probably shouldn't mention out aloud that you've just done a big whoopsie. Whoopsie indeed. Number 9. Nemesis Resident Evil 3 Remake Now hear me out here, this one is a bit contentious, but when you think about Resident Evil 3 in its original form, the Nemesis absolutely kicked ass! He came out of nowhere, he was built like an absolute tank, made of very burnt meat of course, and absolutely hammered you into the ground at any chance he got like you were a fleshy tent peg. But when it came to the fantastic looking Resident Evil 3 remake, well, his 
combat skills definitely went down the pan a bit, didn't they? Now, don't get me wrong, his intro was utterly brilliant. It looked like he was going to batter you through the wall and redecorate the place with your face. But then defeat after defeat started racking up, and then Jill, in a weird moment, is very quick to quick when we see a flailing nemesis falling into the sea. Bitch can't even swim. She even metaphorically gives him the finger at the end of the game. Now, in the original, Jill Valentine was scared to death of this creature each and every time he cropped up. But here, well, it almost becomes a bit of a joke towards the end. And you know what's the real icing on the cake? He actually fails to kill Brad Vickers in this version, meaning that here Nemesis fails totally in his primary mission. He doesn't kill a single member of stars on screen. Woof. Number 8. Eddie Dombrowski Silent Hill 2 So we first meet Eddie bent over a toilet seat, puking his guts up with his butt crack proudly on display. He's a rather large man who has been bullied and laughed at his entire life, and years of abuse has turned him into a rather unmotivated gentleman. At one point in the game, he's with the young girl Laura when she runs off, and rather than follow, Eddie sits in place shoveling pizza down his throat. Now, it is hinted at throughout the game that Eddie has killed his bully, but we eventually find out that he failed to do that. Instead, he just wounded his bully in the leg and killed his dog instead. Oh, okay. Unfortunately, killing defenseless animals doesn't really win you big points on the villain scale, Eddie. Even other video game bosses think that's uncool. Eddie eventually snaps and tries to kill James Sunderland inside a large meat freezer, but this goes about as well as trying to make tea in a chocolate teapot, and he is easily defeated. Even in death, Eddie is relegated to being a loser. Number 7. Mysterio Spider-Man 2 Quentin Beck, aka Mysterio, is one of the best parts of the legendarily good Spider-Man 2 game on the PS2. First appearing in a burning movie theatre in his Mysterio persona, Spider-Man is forced to rescue several members of the public before Mysterio vanishes, gloating while he does so. Quentin Beck then reaches out to Spider-Man publicly, gloating that he is nothing more than a trickster and that he can expose him. Answering the challenge, Spider-Man proceeds to humiliate Beck in a large arena challenge. Beck attempts to get one over on Spider-Man, Spider-Man a few more times, including an attempted takeover of the Statue of Liberty, but all of his schemes are easily stopped by the webhead. This leads to a final battle with the villain. Cornered in a shop, Mysterio promises that he will no longer suffer defeat and that he will take out Spider-Man once and for all. As he gloats, his life bar fills up over and over again. The player's hands tighten on the controller. They lean forward, sweat beading on their brow in anticipation. How can he have so much health? This is going to be a big one. Th th then you punch Mysterio once and all those lines bars just drain away and the fishbowl comes flying off his head and then Quentin begs Spider-Man not to hit him again. It's rather pathetic. Number 6. Electrocutioner Batman Arkham Origins now, to be fair, this one's pretty similar to our Mysterio entry in Spider-Man 2. In Arkham Origins, Black Mask hires a series of assassins to hunt down Batman and put an end to him. The first of these is encountered on the Penguin ship. After fighting your way inside and making your way through the bowels of said ship, Batman comes to a large arena filled with numerous Penguin goons. Enter the hilariously named Electrocutioner, a man with powerful electrified gloves who, like many villains on this list, talks a big game that he can't unfortunately back up. He says that he will kill the Batman, then revive him by jump-starting his heart purely so he can kill him again. 
Now there's just one problem here, well two actually because that's not how defibrillators work, and that is that Batman's suit is pretty much shockproof. The electrocutioner tries to electrocute him and Batman doesn't even flinch. One quick flying kick to the face and it's night night Mr. Cutioner. Unfortunately for old Sparky here, his night only gets worse. When Black Mask is revealed to have actually been the Joker all along, he isn't very impressed with electrocutioner's poor performance and proceeds to shove him from a very high window. Electrocutioner plummets to his untimely death where one final humiliation awaits him, because Batman shows up and steals his gauntlets. Jesus. Number 5. Dr. Robotnik slash Dr. Eggman Sonic the Hedgehog series Dr. Robotnik has been the central antagonist of the Sonic series since way, way back in the original game. Back then, despite losing each fight with the blue blur, the egghead still felt like a legitimate threat, as his machines escalated in power each and every time. Sonic 2's ringless double final boss against Metal Sonic and the giant death egg robot, that was legit tough. But then things started truly heading south for the evil genius around the time of Sonic Adventure. Not only was he now being called Eggman by Sonic and his friends, but he would later also adopt the name himself, seemingly in some sort of effort to negate its negative effects. From this point on, it becomes very rare that Dr. Robotnik is ever the final villain of a Sonic game, often being overthrown by his own creations or betrayed by whatever evil companion that he's made a deal with. Add to the fact that he's defeated by Tails in Sonic Adventure and the mystique of Dr. Robotnik is pretty much gone forever. Despite his clear genius, the Doctor regularly builds large and obvious weak spots into his death machines, often stops attacking you to gloat conveniently long enough for Sonic to land a hit, and his plans have become increasingly comical over the years, and he's been overthrown by Chaos, betrayed by his own grandfather, overthrown and replaced by Metallics, had his fleet destroyed by the Black Arms, and so on and so forth. He's even tried teaming up with his younger self in Sonic Generations, but the two found one another so detestable that they bickered incessantly and were ultimately defeated again. He doesn't even like himself, and that, well, that's just sad. Number 4. Dr. Neo Cortex The Crash Bandicoot Series the issue with any long-running video game villain is, well, they eventually become a bit of a joke. After all, there's only so many times that you can be defeated by a sweaty Italian plumber or spiky blue hedgehog or genetically modified bandicoot before you start to lose all credibility. In Dr. Cortex's case, however, well, he's always been his own worst enemy. You see, it was he that created the funky orange marsupial that keeps on turning on him and ruining his plans. And even when Crash isn't the one ruining the fun, he's constantly betrayed by his own allies. His attempt at a cyborg-bandicoot hybrid crunch also turns on him and sides with Crash, and he's even betrayed by his friend Uka Uka and his own niece Nina Cortex in Crash of the Titans. But still, apparently that's not enough humiliation. Because when he teams up with Crash in Twin Sanity, which itself is actually a brilliant game, he's often used as the tool. And by that I mean like a surfboard or a hammer. I mean, imagine being slammed into the ground over and over again by your own worst enemy. That is just not cricket, my friends. Number 3. Professor Nakayama Sir Hamelock's Big Game Hunt from Borderlands 2 <sighs> He falls down some fucking stairs, what an idiot. Number 2. Alfred Ashford, Resident Evil Code Veronica and Resident Evil The Dark Side Chronicles so Alfred Ashford is the head of Rockfort Island and twin brother of Alexia. He's a weasel-voiced, highly arrogant aristocrat whose relationship with his sister veers unnervingly close to something that one might find on them. very specific adult websites. Yeah. Alfred talks a big game about all of the terrible things that he will do to protagonist Claire Redfield, but each time that you encounter him, it's embarrassingly apparent that he's not going to do anything. He wields a sniper rifle as his weapon of choice and yet, despite this, can't seem to hit you even when you stand five feet in front of him. 
and Alfred reaches a new low midway through the game where he suffers a psychotic break after realizing that he's been pretending to be his sister the entire time. Alfred reroutes your escape plane to Antarctica, but before he can finish you off, he slips from a crumbling ice shelf and plummets to his death. Still, he's given one last reward. Crawling to a stasis chamber, he's able to see his naked sister one more time. Goddamn weird, weird. And number one, Wheatley, Portal 2. So we all know that GLaDOS was the standout star of the original Portal game, with her cold and calculating AI demeanor making her psychotic comments all the more unsettling and memorable. When Valve announced Portal 2, there was some question as to how they would pull off the same type of story in a longer game without retreading the original. One of the ways they did this was by pulling a shock villain switcheroo at the end of the game's first act, introducing Wheatley. He's round, he's stupid, and he's voiced by the ever-charming Stephen Merchant. Wheatley begins the game as a good guy, attempting to help Chell defeat GLaDOS. However, once she completes the core transfer and Wheatley gets a taste of power, it all goes downhill from there. Now, really, Paul Wheatley never stood a chance at being a successful villain. It transpires that not only is he um, very stupid, but he's literally designed to be a moron. Created by scientists as an attempt to dumb down GLaDOS, as the game progresses, you see that he's easily tricked numerous times, becomes addicted to the euphoric rush that AIs get when testing, and ends up hurting himself when he tries to circumvent the tests to get the rush quicker. They attempt to shut him down by creating a logical paradox, but he's so stupid that he cannot understand that it is a paradox and so does nothing. I mean, seriously, it was probably a blessing for him when he ends up being shot into space, forever being able to float in his own dumbassery. Hold up, what was that? Boring, no flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.